Howdy, 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 sis, let's chat. So it's been two weeks since I posted my last podcast when we were talking about identity, insecurities, and intentions, and a lot has happened in those two weeks. So I'm, let me put my notes down for a quick second. I, I'm just going to be real with y'all. Y'all know that I teach, and in the classroom, I deal with so many germs, like I'm just now coming off of a cold and I don't know if y'all have seen Boys in the Hood, but there is a scene in Boys in the Hood where Ricky, like the the famous Ricky is like just getting jacked up in the scene and they're like, Ricky. Okay. That's how I felt all of those two weeks where I'm just like, Deidre, get the because my kids ended up getting me sick like it, it was just real bad I felt like every time they sneezed without covering their mouths it was just like boom oh my arm and then every time they would like cough without covering their mouth I'm like boom oh my leg and then eventually I just like fell out like Ricky like I was just down for the count but I'm glad to be back. I'm feeling better. I feel great on the inside because the Lord has really been working on me in a lot of areas in my life. Um, within those two weeks, I had an anxiety attack, a panic attack in my classroom. My kids were not in there, um, but there were a lot of stressors in my life during that time. And I just had to close my door, turn off the lights, sit in the corner and just talk to God. And I'm like, okay, God, I'm, I'm struggling right now. Like my heart is beating fast. I'm frustrated. I'm stressed. You know, like God and I have a really, really intimate relationship and I'm thankful for that. But I guess it's just the fact that being honest with you guys and having him give me the tools that I need it helped. And so I want to at least give you guys some of the tools that he gave me. So today, our podcast, yes, it's going to be about anxiety and stress, but our main focus is going to be how we can learn to respond to our anxiety and stress in a positive manner. Our response to things is so important. And we can either respond to things positively or we can respond to them negatively. So that's what we're going to focus on today. And we'll have two stories that we're going to talk about where there's two people in the Bible who have dealt with anxiety and stress. And one of them happens to be <laughs> the dopest person ever. It's Jesus. So our first story, when we're talking about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, and it's coming from Matthew chapter 26 and Luke chapter 22. So I'll be flipping back and forth between those two stories because they both give an account of what happened that night, but it's coming from two different perspectives. And I love both perspectives because they have some really good and juicy things in there. So before we even jump into like the notes or anything or the points, bullet points, anything of that nature, I want to give you background, background information about what is going on in the Garden of Gethsemane. So this is the point in Jesus's life where crucifixion is getting ready to happen. Um, it's right around the corner and he is stressed out about it, like extremely stressed out about it. I don't and I don't think he knew how to handle it that well in the garden until he started talking to the Lord. And that's what 
we're going to focus on at this point. So originally, you know, the design where we have the father, the son and the Holy Spirit. Yay, the Trinity three in one. And the whole idea was for Jesus to come down to earth to save humanity. And Jesus was all game until game was around the corner. And now he's in the Garden of Gethsemane and he's like, dang, yo, this was sounding real cool when I was up in heaven. But uh, it ain't sounding too cool right now, God. Like if there's a way for you to just take this away from me for this not to happen please take this away from me and I kid y'all not like I'm not even lying like Jesus asked God three times like if there is a way for you to take this away please do so but then Jesus gets to the point where he says not my will but your will be done and I love that portion because Jesus shows his true submission A lot of people think that the word submission means weak, and that's not what it means at all. When you are submissive to the Lord, that means that you are listening to his every word and you are going where he tells you to go. You're doing what he tells you to do, not because you're weak, but because you trust his leadership. That's what being submissive means. And so when we look at um, Matthew and Luke, they talk about some of the things that Jesus's body actually went through and some of the thoughts that he was having in his head. Um, So scripture says in Matthew chapter 26 that Jesus was grieved. He was sorrowful. He was troubled in that garden. He was going through some serious stress I don't know if you've been through stress before, but like when you're stressed out, your body does like some really crazy things and his body actually responded to that stress. So in Luke 22, chapter 22, verse 44, it says being in anguish, he prayed more fervently and his sweat became like drops of blood falling to the ground. Now, when I hear that, I think of two things. Number one. Either Jesus was just sweating like really, 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 really bad. And they're comparing like how quickly his sweat dropped to blood. Or they are saying that Jesus was stressed out so bad that his sweat turned into blood. And I know that some people are probably like, oh, that's not even possible. And that's incorrect. It is possible. There is actually a medical condition that's called hematidrosis and that's when your body is under so much stress that it can't take it anymore and that your sweat actually turns into like blood like if you want to google it you can and here's how you spell it h-e-m-a-t-i-d-r-o-s-i-s Okay, so Jesus was under so much stress because this was an important time I mean, he had agreed with the Lord that he was going to save humanity. And now that it's knocking at his door, he's just like, um, yeah, about that. I mean, I guess we could sacrifice some animals a little longer, you know, to spare my life. But his submission, his love for the world, his love for his father and his ability to set aside his stress and say, Not my will, God, but your will be done. That shows us that when we're under stress, we can't handle it in our own strength at all. 
because our body does it, it responds to it you know that's what our body's supposed to do respond to things we can't get out of stress in our own might in our own strength but when we rely on the lord and say you know what god i can't do this in my own will like <laughs> it's too much for me i'm stressed out my anxiety is flaring up they're getting on my nerves they're talking too much whatever your situation may be that is causing you to have this stress in your body or this stress in your mind this anxiety I want you to use Jesus as that example, as that role model where he says, not my will, but your will be done. Whatever God's will is for you. Oh my gosh, y'all, it should just make us so excited that he has our lives planned out. Why wouldn't we want that? Why wouldn't we want his will? You know, so story two, it is. It talks about Job and I know y'all have heard about Job. Um, what's funny is some of my kids, <laughs> they, they like to try to like ask questions and stuff on the slide. And one of my kids thought that he knew what he was talking about. And he's like, no, cause job in the Bible, I'm like back of my head. I'm like, what the heck is he talking about? Job? What the? And then I started thinking, I'm like, oh my goodness. He's talking about Job. I thought it was the funniest thing. But anyway, our second story is about Job. And we hear this story all the time. So Job was basically a pretty bomb dude. You know, he had integrity. He feared God. He turned away from evil. Like these are the words that God was saying about Job. He was just an overall just cool dude to be around. He had his stuff together, had a nice car, a nice house. Well, they didn't have cars back then, but he had some nice donkeys and goats and camels and stuff. <laughs> I'm sorry, that, that just cracked me up. <laughs> but he had like some nice cattle 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 lack <laughs> okay all right all right I'm done I am done anyway so Job was just a cool person overall um and God says that he feared him he feared um Job feared God and Job would always turn away from evil so the cool thing about Job is that he actually <laughs> loses everything. And I know that doesn't sound cool, but the way the story plays out is real cool in the end. So the first thing that Job ends up losing um, is his oxen and his donkeys. Like they were gone. So, oh, no more transportation. You got to walk, homie. Number two, he loses his sheep. Number three, all of his servants die. And this is like the order that it's going in. And then number four, the last thing that goes are all of his kids. Like not one, not two. All of his children end up dying like on the same day. All of these things, one, two, three, and four, they all happen on the same day. And I kid you not, I didn't pay attention to the wording when I was looking through the story. But it says, while they were still talking Another servant came up to them and said, hey, your sheep died. And while that servant was talking, another person came up to him and said, hey, your kids died. Like, I guarantee you this probably happened within like five to ten minute time frames within one another. And that's a lot of stress on a person. I don't know if you've ever lost anything in life, but 
sometimes I view it as this. And this may not be equivalent to Job, but it's like if you're driving in your car and then you run over a nail and you're like, oh, man, I just got paid. Shoot, dang it. I got to go get this dabgone tire fixed. And then you get your tire fixed. And as soon as you're pulling off the lot, I don't know, something else, like your windshield cracks. And as soon as you get the windshield fixed that same day, your mirror breaks like within like 15 minutes. And then as soon as you get your mirror fixed, something else happens. So I view this as Job's life where boom, 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 boom is one thing after another. When it rains, it pours. Job's response to all of this was absolutely amazing. You would think that somebody would be like extremely mad or extremely frustrated. Job's response to all of this when it happened, he began to worship. And I can't understand that. Like when I'm stressed out, my my first response is not to worship. Uh, Well, I've grown in my maturity in Christ. So yes, it is. Um, But previously in my life, like it was to lash out like, what the world is happening? Oh my gosh, the world is falling. Ah." Okay. So we're going to focus on Job's response to things because Yes, he was strong, but he had some weak moments, but God brought him out of those weak moments. So then after Job loses his kids and all his livestock and his cattle, cattle and whatnot, he actually gets physically sick. And this is the part that frustrates me a little bit because his wife literally goes up to him and is like, uh-uh, you need to stop holding on to your integrity. Just curse God and die because you, you doing the absolute most right now, trying to be all holy thou art. You're sick. You're sick, Job. And you're causing everybody else in this house to be sick. Just go ahead and die. Sister, brother, if you're listening to this podcast, please be careful who you allow to speak into your life. Because yes, although Job's wife was supposed to be his support system, she was not his support system in this context, like at all. Okay. The enemy was definitely working through her because ultimately what the enemy wanted Job to do was to curse God. And he's like, nah, sis, you're going to have to back on up out of my face right now and let God not deal with this. So after he gets sick and everything, we skip down to chapter three. Job doesn't curse God at all, but he does curse the day that he was born. And it's dangerous. This is a dangerous place for Job because he starts getting into the woe is me and why is this happening to me phase. And that's a dangerous phase for us to be in when we're dealing with stress and anxiety, because then we start to isolate ourselves or then we start to think that everybody's against us when in reality, it's not everybody's against us. It's just, man, we've got a lot that's going on that's overstimulating and we've got to understand how to manage, how to process, how to um, work through these things, maneuver through these things. So after chapter three and at the very, 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 very end of Job, we finally get to the point where Job is content, Um, but he's only content because God had to set him straight. And when I say set him straight, I mean, as in God is saying, first off, don't bite the hand that's feeding you, son. Second off, were you 
with me when I laid the foundations of this earth? Were you with me when I hung up all the stars in the sky? So why are you questioning me right now? Now that's the firm side of God that I love (laughs) because I'm a firm teacher. And sometimes I talk to my kids that way when they try to get real sideways. But I love this because God did it through grace and through mercy where he's like, son, I need you to understand that the things that you are going through, the stress, the anxiety that you are going through is because I'm allowing it to happen because I want to build your character. I want you to see how strong you are. I want you to see how strong you can come out of this situation and impact other people in the world. That's why you're going through this. Satan had to ask. Satan literally had to ask God for permission to tempt Job. Satan had to go to heaven and ask God for permission to tempt him. So if he did that for Job and had to ask God for permission, don't you think that he's asking God permission? Like, hey, can I tempt such and such right now? Can I throw some stress and some anxiety in their life right now? And God's like, you know what? Sure, because I think highly of my child. Absolutely, you can try to tempt them, but it will not work because my sons and my daughters walk with integrity. My sons and my daughters walk with their heads held high. So with that being said, Job got everything back that he lost. Literally everything. Everything that he lost he got it back and I want you to view it in your life as well if you lost your joy if you lost your peace that stuff comes from the Lord it comes from the Lord like nobody can take that stuff away from you okay so if you feel like you've lost it I need you to go ahead and pick it back up pick it back up because that stuff doesn't belong to anybody Nobody can, nobody can take that from you because that's a gift from God. And we should honor that and cherish that stress and anxiety comes to take that stuff away from us. But God comes so that we can have life, you know, and live in abundance with peace and with joy and with love, with all of the fruits of the spirit. So as I wrap this up, and I think this podcast will actually be finished here quickly, which is good. As I wrap this up, I want us to quickly just talk about two ways that we can respond to our stress. The first way is um, a bodily response where our body naturally responds to stress with like fast breathing, fast heart rates, fear, loss of appetite or sweating or scattered thinking or any form of panic. That's one way that we can respond to stress, but I don't think that's a positive way. It's not a positive way because now our body's in stress as well. Like first our mind was in stress and anxiety and now our body is experiencing that. So that's the first way. The second way is a godly response. And a godly response is to praise. And the word praise just means to celebrate God, to lift him up, to thank him for what he has done. We can also worship. Worship is a lifestyle. Worship is what you do in your daily ritual. What do you do daily to honor the Lord? Praying, singing, dancing, you know, all of these things. It's a lifestyle. Spending time with him. And then last but not least, give it to him. We cannot hold this stuff in. Stress and anxiety is real. 
and stress and anxiety are gateways you know how like back in school where they're like oh cigarettes are gateway drugs and all this other mess okay I view stress and anxiety the same way stress and anxiety is a gateway Um, and our next podcast will probably be over um, some of the gateways that it leads to like depression and suicidal thoughts and thank the lord I've been delivered from depression and suicidal thoughts but those are gateways dude So we've got to get it under control and just give it to him. Our bodies are not meant to carry this stuff. Obviously it's not because we see how our body responds to it. It doesn't respond to it positively, which means that it shouldn't be there in the first place. So number one, when you identify your stressors, we we have to be able to respond to them well once we identify them but we have to be able to identify them which causes you to be authentic and authenticity is hard for some people but sis brother I need us to be authentic identify what your stressors are and when do they arise next now that we have them identified what are our next steps what relaxes you Whatever that thing is that relaxes you, that is positive, then go ahead and do that. Okay. So for example, for me, I like going to the lake and I like sitting out by the lake for hours and just writing with my feet in the grass or my feet in the water. And I'm just writing poetry or just writing to God or just writing music or something of that nature. That that's what relaxes me. Like yesterday I was at the lake until like 930 last night, (laughs) just there writing Okay, after we figure out our next steps, then use your positive outlet to process through your stress. Your positive outlet, I don't care if it's cooking a meal or cleaning or riding a bike, jogging, going to the track, whatever it is, use that positive outlet to process through your stress. A lot of people think that stress and anxiety goes away overnight, which it can, but there are some people in the world who are processors like me. And so I sit on information and I think on it and then I try to think of things from different um, viewpoints. And sometimes that can be overwhelming. So sit on it, process through your stress. Okay, so I'm getting ready to head on um, off of here for the day so that I can do some dabgone lesson planning. But before I leave, I want to leave you some scriptures. Okay, so the scripture that helps me out a lot when I'm dealing with stress and anxiety is Philippians 4 um, verses 6 through 7, where it says, do not be anxious for anything. But with everything, prayer and supplication, make your requests made known to the Lord and the peace of God, which surpasses all of your understanding, will guard your hearts, will guard your minds um, in the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, that's the best way that I can interpret it. And when I feel myself getting stressed, I will recite that scripture until I literally feel that stress and that anxiety lift off of me because I know I can't handle it. I cannot handle stress and anxiety is too much on me. But I know that when I give it to the Lord, oh my gosh, I'm at peace when I give it to the Lord. And then your last scripture that I want you to look at is Isaiah 41, uh, chapter 41, verse 10, where it says, do not fear for I am with you. Do not be afraid for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold on to you with my righteous right hand. Y'all, we can make it through this week. No more stress, 
No more anxiety. Okay. Know that you have an outlet and that outlet is Jesus Christ. Okay. He went through the stress in the garden of Gethsemane so that when he conquered death, you would be able to put your stress on the cross and leave it there. That's the important thing. When you put it on the cross, leave it there. Do not leave that altar and pick that stress and anxiety back up. Let's make this week a great week. Let's impact someone who we have not impacted before. Let's be the change that we want to see in the world. And as always, we're going to impact people one person at a time. So this was a pretty simple podcast. I love it though. If you guys have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me on social media. I'm back on Facebook. Oh my gosh. But I love you guys. God loves you. You are his daughter. You are his son. If you're a gentleman listening to this, you are his son and we're all heirs to the throne. So thanks for tuning in and we will chat, chat, chat it up next time. Bye.